Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we've got Tim Lyons on. He's a, uh, a lot of things, but he's a lieutenant with the New York City Fire Department currently. He uh, also until recently was a part-time emergency RN at a level, level one trauma center for many years and has uh, in recent years got into, of course, real estate investing. So we were just talking before about, about a recent closing, but he's been really uh, active in the real estate space with starting Cityside Capital. Um, with the goal of, of owning, uh, owning real estate and, and growing the, the real estate portfolio. So without further ado, Tim, welcome. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon, Devin. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I love this story, you know, firefighter and, and um, you know, I'm sure you've seen a, my brother's firefighter. I'm sure I've heard some of the stories and I'm sure you've seen some incredible things over the last few years, but I like to understand where people's kind of transition to real estate started. Was this a, was this a book conversation or a mentor for you or what clearly, you know, you didn't grow up buying apartment buildings. What was the, what was the, the catalyst, I guess, the transition for you on that? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, like a lot of people, I came from the old school where uh, my parents taught me to, um, you know, get good grades, behave in school, you know, do the best you can, go to college, uh, get a great job, and then max out your 401k because one day you'll be able to retire and you can live off that money. I mean, what a novel idea, right? So that's what I did. I mean, I, I went to college and, you know, unfortunately when I was in college, 9-11 happened and uh, my uncle at the time was a captain in the New York City Fire Department. He was hurt real bad. He was crushed under a tower too. And, you know, for some reason I just, um, you know, I've always had an interest in, in being a firefighter. I, I was obsessed with fire trucks as a little kid and I just couldn't shake it. But that kind of solidified it for me uh, that I was going to be a New York City firefighter no matter what else happened. And I did. Uh, two weeks after graduating college, I, I was in the New York City Fire Academy living the dream. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, a lot of guys work on the side. We work 24-hour shifts, and then we have a couple of days off. So guys are, uh, you know, just super motivated to do different different types of jobs. So I ended up going back to nursing school, got my nursing degree. And uh, before I knew it, I was working 80 and 90 hours a week. And um, I now have three little girls, nine, six, and one. Um, and when they were little, it wasn't a big deal, right? I mean, my, my wife was home and I was working. I was, you know, bills were getting paid. Everybody had, you know, I had money and uh, it was fine. But then all of a sudden they start getting bigger and they're like, dad, where are you going? Like, you just got home and now you're going to go for another 12 hour shift. And yeah, at the, at the ER. And then I'd come home and it's witching hour at my house and who's going crazy. And, uh, you know, I left before the sun came up. Now I'm home at dark. Um, and then the next day going for a 24, you know, and they call it a sleepover at the firehouse. And, uh, you know, it just got to be too much. And I said, there's got to be a better way. So, <clears throat> you know, I've always been a finance buff, uh, following the stock market. I've always been into real estate, you know, reading in the, uh, in the newspaper and some, you know, magazines and books. And, uh, but finally I was on vacation uh, with my family summer of 2019 and I'm on the beach and I got, you know, the kids all around me and I'm trying to get through this book called rich dad, poor dad. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that one out there, but nobody. And um, yeah, I couldn't put it down. I mean, uh, I was rifling through this book, and then I remember turning to my wife and I said, "Babe, I'm like, I'm going to be a real estate investor." She's like, "Yeah, whatever, Tim. Sounds good, you know." And uh, 
uh, that was summer of 2019. By November, I had closed on a three-family property um, as you know, as my first investment property. Um, it was a light value add for a three-family. You know, I had to I had to redo one of the units. I put a new roof on, some siding, some cosmetic upgrades, and uh, before you knew it, I was I was cash flowing, and I had that proof of concept. And more importantly, my wife had it, and you know, we we started talking like you know this is very doable, but it's not really scalable. Uh, the, the three families, they're 100, 120 years old. Uh, and, you know, there has to be a better way. And I wasn't, I certainly wasn't going to be successful at raising money from people um, in my circle uh, for this type of, this type of asset. So, you know, I just went back to the drum board. I said, well, you know, how can I make that scalable? And I always heard about multifamily, but it was, it felt like something that I couldn't do. Uh, that I wasn't qualified for, that I just wouldn't be able to break into until I just said, you know what, I have to investigate this. So I did. I got some books. I started listening to the podcasts. Um, and then I just really reached out because, you know, one of my mentors talks about R&D, right? Rip off and duplicate. Um, so I looked in some of the mentorship programs out there and, you know, I spent a lot of time vetting, vetting the sponsors and really getting into, you know, what's their education model? How does it work? And I ended up signing on to uh, Jake and Gino, uh, Gino Barbaro and Jake Stenziano. Uh, they got a fantastic, fantastic mentorship program. And it was the, honestly, definitely was the best uh, investment that I've made so far. Uh, because not only the community aspect of it, I mean, there's just tons of knowledge, there's tons of people willing to help. Um, and to be quite honest, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we'll get into it, but I just closed on my first syndication with, uh, somebody else in the group. So, I mean, within the first uh, six months of being in that group, it, you know, I have one syndication under my belt. So um, that's kind of the short story of how I got started in real estate. And uh, what do you think? I love it, man. I love, I love it. a lot to dive in <laughs> on there. And I'll, I'll start kind of maybe from the end of your, your comments there um, about plugging into a group and the power of that, right? Uh, um, you know, there's the educational component, which is important. We got to understand what cap rates are and, and how the financing works and things like that. At the end of the day, you know, real estate is, isn't rocket science, as they say. I mean, we're kind of, you know, we're buying a building with uh, some income and some expenses and we want some cash flow left over. But, you know, you definitely need to learn all that stuff. But I just am very inspired and I know people listening to this will be inspired by you taking action, plugging in with the group, and then a relatively short term getting into a deal, right? Because that's, that's what it's about. It, it's, it's not, um, doesn't do any good to spin your wheels, get educated and, and not do deals. So like, if, you know, if you're not going to do deals, don't, don't join a program, don't spend time, energy and money on it. But I love that you're able to connect uh, with that group right away. G Gino's a friend of mine. I've had him on the podcast, I think a few times now. Great guy. Um, no so I, I love plugging and I'm a huge advocate of plugging in with the, with, with the right group of people, whether it's real estate or just in life in general, you mimic the, uh, the crowd that you're around. When you started like very, you know, first get in this group, you're kind of drinking from a, from a fire hose, uh, which is probably a bad analogy to use with you, but you're taking in a lot of information and yeah. <clears throat> there's a tendency to kind of feel overwhelmed there. What were some of the things that happened for you that helped you kind of kept, uh, keep putting one foot in front of the other? Because it's a pretty quick progression to join a group, 
you know, you're talking about reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like last year. This is not something for me. It, this was like marinating for years before I finally got into it. That, that's yeah. a pretty quick transition for you. Once you got into a group and, and started getting networked and educated, what were some of the things that kept you progressing? So that's a, that's a great, um, it's a great question because it is a pretty fast progression. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a person who, when I decide to do something, I'm going to do it, right? I mean, I was married with a kid and a, a, mor- a mortgage that could choke a horse in New York, right? And I went back to nursing school and I was working full-time, going to school full-time. And my wife knew that I, you know, if I was, if I said I was going to do it, I was going to do it. So when this came around, she, she saw that, you know, she must've seen it in my eyes that I, I was going to do it. So I committed to it and I was just going to take action. And it, it sounds cliche within like the real estate circles to commit and take action. But, you know, uh, people talk about analysis paralysis and, you know, uh, but I, I really, I, I listened to enough podcasts and heard enough people just like myself, cops, firemen, teachers, um, you know, whatever, accountants, doctors, and they were doing what I wanted to do. And I was like, if these guys can do it, so can I. So here I go. And I uh, pull the trigger and uh, make the investment in my education. And you know what? That was uh, the first week in March of 2020. And as we know, that was the beginning of the COVID disaster that we're kind of living in right now, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so where I, I work as a lieutenant in a firehouse in Queens, right near where uh, the New York Mets play, uh, City Field. And it's a, it's a poor neighborhood and it's jam packed with people. And we got crushed with coronavirus. Wow. Uh, we were just doing, we were doing CPR and people nonstop all day long where we might not do it for a week or two, or maybe we'll do it. It'll be an anomaly one tour, you know, on a, on a regular 24, we'll do it maybe once or maybe twice. We were doing it nonstop day after day after day and nobody was making it. Um, so I ended up getting sick and I quarantined from my family um, for uh, six weeks and I moved into a family member's house and they moved into my house to help my wife and uh, my kids out. And six, for six weeks, weeks quarantine, huh? Yeah. I mean, wow. because at the time we didn't have a lot of information. Like That's no right. one really knew what was going to go on. And uh, you know, I had the baby at home and sure. everybody's freaking out. So, and then I wasn't feeling good. So, so for six weeks, I, I made it a point to myself. I, I can either be pissed and I could be upset and I could, you know, wallow in this misery of being away from my kids and, and having to speak to them on FaceTime or I can get to work. And that's what I did. I turned off Facebook. I turned off Fox news. I turned off everything. Um, and from sunup to sundown, I would just crush through material. I crushed through a ton of Jake and Gina material and I had to get started. So I just started calling brokers. Um, you know, at the time I was going to go into business with my brother who was in Virginia. Um, and you know, we just, we narrowed down our, our, our markets and he took one area and I took the next. And, um, you know, uh, people talk about credibility and not having the credibility and stuff like that. And I just, I said, you know, what, what's the worst that could happen? Right. So I, I just called the people in the markets where I wanted to be. And, you know, uh, a couple of days later, these, this broker in a, in a major MSA, he called me with a portfolio of 500 units, uh, over 12 different properties. And, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I remember texting my mentor, I said, Oh, this works. And he goes, no kidding. It works. You know, I now get to work underwriting, you know? So, um, you know, so from there, I just had the confidence, like, you know, you just gotta get out there. You gotta, you gotta be yourself and, and call the brokers and tell them exactly what you're looking for. Um, you know, if you have to leverage, you know, part of being part, uh, part of being in a community like Jake and Gino is that you can leverage them. Hey, listen, I'm working with, um, you know, uh, this guy and that guy and they, together they have 1400 units. So, 
you know, you can leverage com the community. I didn't have to really do that. Uh, but before you know it, my brother was walking properties um, during COVID and we're, you know, submitting offers. So, yeah. um, you know, so I, I think that kind of, that kind of intense um, work in the beginning, it gave me something to do. It gave me some certain, you know, some time alone to get, to get things done. Uh, but like you said, it was drinking from a firehouse, but I, you know, I had gone into it with my, my uh, eyes wide open and I kind of knew um, what I had to get done. And I've been, you know, I've been slowly prepping through the years, I guess, by reading different books. And, you know, I always had the outlook on life that, you know, once I retired from the firehouse, um, once I was able to retire and, and have this money that I was, you know, it's promised to you and pensions and 401ks that then I get involved in real estate. Um, and I really had to have that paradigm shift of, you know, well, why wait till then? I mean, why, why not now? Uh, why not, why not get involved? And, uh, so that's kind of how it happened, you know, and, and before you know it, uh, before you knew it, I, I was teaming up with somebody in the community who gave me the opportunity of a lifetime, um, to basically get involved and, and be on the back end. And, you know, um, fast forward to August 31st of this year, uh, we're closing on a, a first indication. So, um, that was a, just a tremendous opportunity for me to kind of, um, again, have that proof of concept that I needed, that my wife needed, that, uh, my brother needed. And, you know, now it gives me the confidence to, to move on. Yeah. I love it. And, and I want to underscore, I think it's easy for people to gloss over when you've got a, a rapid trajectory like that to just say, well, I got lucky or just maybe found the right deal or whatever. But you mentioned right at the beginning was this decision point and this commitment. And I think from what I've seen, that's where people um, succeed or fail, you know, is they, the, the people that, succeed in going out and doing this, they make a no turning back decision first, then the other stuff comes after that. And, and I think people want to dabble or they want to try it out or they want to see how it goes. You, I, don't, I don't think it works that way. You know, you can make a commitment that there's no other alternative than I'm going to do what it is I'm going to set out to do. And the people that do that, it just kind of changes the way you look at obstacles. You know, the obstacles are never going to stop, but uh, it's, it becomes like a marriage, right? I mean, you have a little squabble at home. You're not leaving your wife. You know, it's like, no, nah, I committed to this thing and that's it, period. And so I, I love that that was kind of the first thing that you mentioned was a commitment to it um, because I, I do believe that's the starting point. And I think that's kind of what separates people that want to do this from people that, that are doing it. So I love it. And then I love you turning an opportunity. Uh, <laughs> a six week quarantine sounds pretty rough, especially now we're talking in September where hopefully, you know, things are somewhat returning back to normal, but yeah, in March, we didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen to the world. We didn't know how bad this, this uh, virus was. We didn't know any of that stuff. So I think six right. week quarantine made sense at the time and that's a real kick in the teeth, but um, clearly you took advantage of it. That's super inspiring to me. And, and, and I love, I love hearing that. Um, I want to talk specifically about when you're talking to brokers, cause we've got, you know, uh, some coaching students we work with as well. And we kind of have a balancing act like, yes, talk to brokers, but if you have no way to get the equity, you know, if you need $3 million equity to do a deal and you have no possible way of getting that equity, don't try to go buy that deal. Cause then you're just going to, you know, you're just going to waste everybody's time and possibly burn your reputation right out of the gate. What were some of the things for you to feel like, Hey, we could put some equity together on a deal that gives me the confidence to go talk to a broker in the first place. Yeah. So that's a great question. I mean, like, so in the beginning, you know, my brother and I, um, 
we were pretty uh, sold on the fact that we could raise money, some money from our inner circle, family, friends. So we started looking at the 12 unit to like 60 unit um, opportunities out there because we were kind of playing it safe. Like, all right, this is kind of in our wheelhouse. We could, you know, if we got this, you know, for that price, we could make that happen. You know, um, and very quickly, my mentor pointed out to me, listen, if you could, if you could raise a hundred thousand, you can raise a million. Um, It's just another zero. if you can look at a 60 unit, you can look at a 260 unit because, um, you know, as long as the fundamentals are there, uh, it's just on a, on a, on a bigger scale. And the thing that the Jake and Gino community kind of talks about a lot is, uh, it's a team sport, right? So you may have somebody in your team that's aces on Excel and he can underwrite the property like no other, uh, but he can't raise any money. Um, uh, or, you know, you might be sick of due diligence and, um, or you could be a key, key principal you know, there's so many ways that you can get involved, uh, involved and add value to a team. And it's a, it's a lot of work. I mean, it, it, I mean, you, you've been doing it for way longer than me, uh, but it's a lot of work, right? And not one person can handle everything. So, um, so we were able to kind of leverage the community and say, you know what, why are we looking at a 12 unit when we can go for a 82 unit or a 100 unit? Um, and we, you know, we put in LOIs and sometimes you get a little close or sometimes you don't, you know, and, and um, and then all of a sudden COVID happened, right? So, and then everything kind of got stuck for a, a, couple, a little bit. I think it's starting to open up. It's starting to open up now, uh, but you know we do have that confidence because we did have to do that 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 first capital raise and come out of our comfort zone and talk to our family and our friends. And yep, you know I'm, I grew up right outside of New York City, so I we we were born with some DNA of a, like a healthy dose of skepticism, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I, I had to overcome that with a lot of people, and <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm Tim the fireman and Tim the nurse, and all of a sudden I'm coming to them with a multi million dollar property, being like, "Hey, I have an opportunity for you," and they're like, "Well, how the heck does Tim the fireman and nurse, you know, I, I'm a doctor, I'm an I'm an I'm an attorney, I work in Manhattan, like how do how, how do I not know about this?" So you know, it's it's just an education piece, and that's kind of like the piece that I loved about it, even though I told the same story a billion times. Yep. Was you know, it's it's so it's because I know that I love it and I understand it, but it's getting it out there to other people and and helping them to understand. You know, there's a better way, or maybe not a better way, but there's a different way that you could you know leverage your capital to to make your money work a little bit harder for you, uh, with some more benefits attached to it. So. Um, I don't want to ramble too much. So <laughs> no, that's, this is great. I, I love it. Yeah. The identity piece is really, um, really important to discuss. You know, I, that was one thing that I, um, and, and, you know, a lot of us have had to contend with, you know, is when we start in this business is, you know, I have been X, Y, or Z, I've been this. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to, to, to change or swim upstream and kind of re reinvent yourself as uh, this person that can manage these multi-million dollar deals, and that's that's a very um, that's a very important component of, of of doing this. But it's totally doable. I'm a I'm a testament to that. You're a testament to that. Um, it's it's really about setting the goal, reverse engineering it, and going going out and making it happen. But I I love you mentioning that. Uh, I also really like that you know you you like the aspect of kind of showing this to people because yes, I mean it, it's it's like you've got, you got this addressable market of like the whole world. There are very few people that are uh, involved in syndications. Even those people that have the investable capital, they didn't know that they can directly invest in an LLC that buys an apartment building. Um, And so that makes it kind of fun because a lot of new investor conversations are like, wait a second, 
I can do what, you know, and, right. and that, that's, um, I think, you know, for those listening that want to raise capital for deals, you know, position it to yourself and to other people that way this is an opportunity. We're not selling anything. This is just, Hey, we need to, we need to put a certain number of butts and seats on this project and fill up, fill up the equity. And, um, you know, th- this is, this is an exciting thing. So that, that component of helping people, um, uh, place capital and get a better return on capital is, is super, super rewarding. Um, I want to talk about the deal that you guys just closed to the extent that you're comfortable talking about specifics. What was the, um, was this a deal where you, you know, a broker brought it to you or were you kind of, uh, uh, hounding a broker to, to find you something and, 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 you know, what, what did that process look like initially just finding it to look at? Yeah. So, uh, my partner, um, who's also one of my mentors, uh, is moving to, is moving to this area and it was in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and um, you know, he, he's a go-getter. So he can't sit still. He can't just go look at a place to live. He has to go look at the multifamily as well. Nice. Um, so that's kind of how the deal kind of got started because he was already looking uh, for a place to live for him and his family. Um, and the deal made sense. And on day one, they just, you know, basically told, told the owners uh, that they were interested. The owners you know, they were, they were motivated to sell because, uh, they had, um, they had, uh, committed to a opportunity zone project and they needed to sell and then COVID hit. So, um, it was timing, basically it was timing and yep. the deal made sense. And, you know, uh, my partner, Chris is just, uh, he's an underwriting, uh, whiz. And, uh, before you knew it, we had, you know, because when you're underwriting and you know this, I mean, you can go through 80, 100 deals and they don't make sense. And you just yep. move on to the next deal. The deal could be sexy. You could have the pool, you could have all the amenities and everything. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yep. And that's Definitely. what I love about commercial real estate, right? You, you just go on to the next one. But this one made sense. And um, so then we figure out, you know, well, how much how much capital do we need? <clears throat> and uh, all right, well, let's go hit the road. You know, we did a, we did a one big webinar and uh, another small one. And within six days, we raised... Uh, uh, just about 3 million bucks. Love it. That's fantastic. So, um, because you know, there's a demand, there's a demand for, for investments like this. And once people can wrap their head around it, um, you know, especially people in the Northeast up here in like New York, you know, people, uh, people think that like, you know, people are stuck in like the New York, um, MSA tri-state area sure. and everything's expensive and the cap rates are outrageously low and everything's old and, you know, um, there's a ton of institutional money that are kind of buying things up. So it's hard as a, as a smaller operator to uh, really make the cash flow work, you know. Um, but then all of a sudden you get outside of the New York or the, you know, the tri-state area up here in the Northeast and like, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, they, deals cash flow. It's, it's, able, it's able to be done. So, uh, and that's the challenge for me right now. It's just to get people to think outside the box and say, you know what, we can go Southeast, we can go to Texas, uh, we can go, you know, Phoenix, we can go all over, all, all over and, and make money. So. Yeah, I love it. I've got one of my partners on a deal that we just sold, uh, kind of similar story as you, you know, met him in a group and literally met him there. And, and, and then before long, he was flying down to San Antonio, we we're buying a deal together, you know, and, and. And it was a deal that neither of us could have done on our own, but the partnership made it possible. But mm-hmm. he's out of Boston, you know, it's like, I heard a, I heard an attic cost 600 grand in, in Boston. <laughs> so I, like, yes, he's not buying anything there. And he, you know, he, we had half the investors on that deal from Boston. They, they can't deploy capital there. They're going to deploy it in Texas with, with me on, on our deal. And so, uh, 
you know, that worked out pretty well. Fortunately, multifamily lends itself too to be able to be in different markets. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be on site every day if you've got the property with, with the right scale and staff right. on board. I mean, it's one of the things all of us pound the drum on all the time is, hey, we've got, we've got on-site staff, you know, full, full-time employees there kind of doing the day-to-day. Um, what was the, I, I want to go back to kind of your introduction to, you know, a, a program. What was kind of some of the biggest fear initially for you that you need to overcome? <clears throat> well, first of all, is um, it's parting with parting with money, right? I, like I had money set aside to invest, and all of a sudden, you know, I had no idea how much coaching and mentorship kind of cost. And you know, I think I had my own limiting beliefs on you know the value that a coaching program could you know could provide. So when I did my due diligence and I talked to people, I vetted three different sponsors and uh, through a little research and, you know, um, asking around networking, I talked to them um, and said, you know, what was your experience? I wanted to know exactly what the experience was like. And, you know, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it? And I had all these questions and every time, no matter what group of uh, sponsors I was vetting, people were like, oh, hundred percent. Like you, you literally can't do it unless you, unless you do this or else you'll spend 10 years, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, and then it just came down to, you know, I mean, price was a consideration, but it came down to the feel, uh, Jake and Gino, when I, you know, when I was talking to, you know, their, their people, um, they had an overwhelming warmth and, uh, a genuine, you know, wanting to know about me, my family, um, on the second call, they wanted my wife to be on the call. My wife's like, I don't want to invest in real estate. She's like, this is your gig, you know? Um, but they wanted to know about like what her goals were and what, you know, if she had any questions and, you know, I mean, I, I think that went a long way, you know, to, you know, they had a question, they had questionnaires to fill out where other sponsors were great. I, I liked them, but it was, it was maybe more superficial and, uh, strictly business. And, um, I'm glad I took the time and because I, I had those limiting beliefs. I was like, this is the Bernie Madoff situation. I'm going to pay this money. And then, um, you know, uh, I'm not going to see anything, you know, and, and certain people, you know, and I think I had it too in the beginning was <clears throat> I'm going to part ways with this money and what do I get out of it? Right. You know, um, but that's where the, that's where the commitment kind of, kind of kicks in. And, you know, the education piece, I think Jim Rohn says it best, right? A uh, formal education will, will make you a living, uh, but self-education will make you uh, wealthy or something like that, you know? Um, and it's true, you know? I mean, I, you know, I, I'm reading books on taxes and, um, you know, creative finance and, and all this stuff. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a blue collar civil servant. I just want to, I, I just work harder than the next guy. Um, and I want it more. My why is big enough and, uh, I, I, you know, I went after it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so once you got into the group, it was like, mm-hmm. Hey, um, that's a big hurdle kind of mentally to get over, but then it also kind of propels you a little bit. It's like, Hey, I didn't commit to this for nothing. Right. It's like, I think that can be very motivating to people once they do cross the line and say, I'm going to, I'm going to invest. And now that investment almost becomes a motivation, right. To see some ROI as soon as possible on it. Well, there's no doubt. And, 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 you know, there's a, there's a Facebook group that we have, but we also have accountability pods uh, where, you know, just tremendously, tremendously uh, motivated, educated, um, hardworking people. And uh, we talk uh, at first it was once a week and then we, we just bumped it back to twice, uh, once every other week. And, uh, you know, we share our wins, our losses, we share our next steps and to have that accountability um, 
is huge, you know, uh, because we're all in the same boat and we're all doing the same things and who's doing the deal where and who's partnering. And, you know, um, you know, when someone else is watching after you and you know, you got to go in front of the group and you didn't do anything for two weeks. I mean, you're going to get your, your, your butt kicked. Right. So, um, so I mean, it's little things like that, but I mean, uh, the guys on the back end of Jake and Gino, um, uh, Josh and Dylan and, and, uh, Jen, they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. Um, they're really actively communicating with us. It's not like you join and you don't get any, you know, um, time with them. You, you know, it, it's, it's great. Uh, we recently had a, um, um, an event down in Knoxville, Tennessee, and, uh, the power of networking is, is insane, uh, to be able to, you know, meet these people on zoom, but then really kind of shake their hand and, and have dinner with them and, and go to our properties and, and everything. It was, it was a tremendous, tremendous weekend, um, and that's what the, that's what being a part of the community is all about. Yeah, I can't overemphasize that. I think if if there was something I would say to somebody getting started, you have to you have to personally know people that are where you want to be, and that's it. And once you have that, um, it just does something. You know, we're we're we're, we're social creatures, and when somebody does something, there's I'm sure you had a moment at some point where you go. Well, this guy's nice and all, but he's not that much smarter than me. And he did it, you know. And then once you, when you have that moment, it just kind of clicks for you. Uh, and and you got to connect with people, uh, kind of in real life. Of course, last couple of months have been tough on that, sure. but it's not going to be that way forever. Um, I love it. What what was um, so? You guys got this deal closed. Congratulations on that. Thank you. <clears throat> what does? Um, what does your lens look like now that that's been done? You know, you've kind of proven that you can do this, got a deal closed, which is, which is a huge step. Has your outlook or your goals changed or what is, you know, what, what do you see kind of next for your, for your career here? Yeah. I mean, so I think I told you in the, in the beginning, like we wanted to go for the 12 to 14 unit, you know, yep. to 40 maybe and uh, really get crazy with a 16 unit, you know, those are all great. And I, I, I would love to be involved in some of those. Um, but to to see the syndication work its way uh, full cycle, um, it gave me the confidence to know that this is a, a tremendous way to be involved in real estate, both for my passive investors and, you know, uh, as far as being on the GP side and uh, really seeing that project through and then, and then managing it. Um, so I, I didn't think I was going to be a syndicator. I thought I was going to be a multifamily owner. Um, yep and uh, refi it after you know, a couple of years and then just hold on to it forever. Um, and I still love that model, uh, but now I, I, I really love syndication because uh, I see the power of it. Yeah, once you get the hang of it, it's kind of like, uh, you kind of go buy any deal that makes sense, right? I mean, you put the, put the pieces together. So yeah, you, you think, know, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like, you know, in the beginning, I, you know, Tim the Fireman came up, you know, and the guys were like, oh, well, let me know how this one works out, you know? Yep. When I sent out the email uh, through my active campaign account um, to, to everybody that it closed and I, I included the pictures of the property and everything, my phone blew up like, hey, that property's sick. Like, what happened? You know, let me know the next deal comes along. And, <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's, it's, it's funny, you know, people, you know, want to put their toe in the water a little bit. But um, so I, I just know that, you know, I'll be successful at this because it's an opportunity. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. Um, yep but it's an opportunity for people to get involved and, and put their money to work. So. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's, it's uh, been my experience. The next ones get easier. You know I mean? That finding that deal is never easy, right? You got to comb through a lot of stuff, but 
the mechanics of it all become that much more familiar. You build up that muscle. You, you've kind of already started, you know, with your, with your capital company and building that and it's, it's off and running. And now you've got a, a deal in the portfolio. that's going to make it that much easier to do the next one. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, if somebody's listening to this, Tim, they want to reach out and connect with you and kind of get in your universe. What's a good avenue for that? Yeah. You can call me on my cell phone, 516-521-7762. Uh, you can reach out to me on my email. It's Tim at citysidecap.com, C-I-T-Y-S-I-D-E-C-A-P.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Outstanding. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes for people to reach out. Um, this is super inspiring. I know this is going to inspire a lot of people too that are getting started or have recently started. So congrats on your success, Tim. And I wish you Thank guys you. Uh, uh, many more deals in the future. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.